Well, I started doing a podcast to make a hundred million dollars. We have some news for you. <laughs> we have some terrible news for you. <laughs> We need to be doing that, a podcast that combines sports, social media content, and life. Though we make no promises, we'll stick to those topics each episode. I'm Jonah Ballow. I'm Keith Steckler. And on this podcast, we'll often focus on the sports content and creative we see in life and share between the three of us. We need to be doing that. I'm Elliot Gerard. These are the discussions we have most days in person or group text, now with the microphones on and recording. We've known each other since 2009. We have experience in ad agencies and marketing, digital content across teams in the NBA, and creative for brands, teams, and athletes. Come on. We need to be doing that. All right, guys. I think a great topic for our conversation tonight is something that uh, I've always thought about, um, certainly because I watch a lot of content. I have no life. So that's basically what I do is consume content all day and night. And... I've always found it fascinating because you have this group of people who, you know, consume content on social media channels that is very short lived, you know, whether it's between 30 seconds and a minute, we've seen best practices on these social platforms that tells you to only create content uh, that's short, that gets people's attention right away. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have long form content, right? We see how people are consuming YouTube videos Netflix and binging. So it seems like you have two sides of the operation here. One is short content works in social and you have to create it in order to get people's attention quickly and keep them engaged. And then on the other side, you have this incredibly long form content, uh, which seems to be doing incredibly well, but nothing in the middle. I think consumer behaviors and, and how they interact with the platforms has always interested me. And I'm wondering if we're just creating the content that we think they are consuming, or are we actually putting content on the platforms that is optimized for the consumer? So, you know, I think it's a great conversation for us to have. Yeah, I, I love the, uh, and you already brought it up, but I'll just bring it up again, because it's such a great point. The it's got to be snackable, it's got to be bite size. And then, hey, did you guys uh, finish Ozark last night? I watched the whole fucking season. <laughs> I spent 10 <laughs> hours, right? I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the it's the spectrums. It's also, I feel like it's where you consume. So if you're on Netflix, Netflix, obviously, like you could spend hours and hours on that. Like, I mean, the new, what is it? Quibi uh, is, the, yeah. is the new short form thing, which I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not into that, but I think that they're, they're dipping into something. I feel like you could probably create, and I mean, there's been shorts for a lot of things. Like, you know, there's been a lot of like Marvel, for instance, that had a whole series of shorts around their movies, you know, where you, they continued the character's journey, but in these like five to 10 minute movies, it's always been around. It's just, I wonder if it becomes, if Quibi becomes like a, a different version of Netflix. I have to think, given who's back that, that there's data, there's all, all sorts of metrics to substantiate why they've done it. And now you see the news of, you know, Kevin Mayer, formerly of Disney, now he's going to TikTok. And, and yeah. the stuff that's coming out of that, of they're going to create short form content, they're going to sign talent influencers, they might start a record label. And again, all, it's not coming from them. It's, it's you know, industry and, and 
thought pieces coming out, but you could see that happening. So I'm just trying to figure out why these kind of actions that substantiate this kind of content and then Instagram stories and IGTV, you know, TV couldn't get off the ground. And, and I don't, I still don't think has. So how do we reconcile that? Yeah. I mean, aren't there rumors that they're getting rid of that? Uh, they may be. Yeah, they may be. But how, if things like Quibi and TikTok might get a little bit more blown out to be a full-fledged media company? I mean, there's got to be rationale for it. If somebody like this leaves Disney and the head of ESPN plus to take on this role, there's got to be some there there. So what is it? It seems to be a wild, wild west kind of thing. It's also like the chicken or the egg. And I find it interesting because again, are we creating content that necessarily consumers are saying, listen, I only got 30 seconds for this, or my attention span is only this, or we have we actually trained people to consume content in this short form manner. And, you know, our group creates content. I mean, this is at the heart of what we do. This is what we want to do. We're doing it as we speak. And podcast is another one that we talk about that is can be long form, short form. We've had discussions uh, prior to even having a podcast of how long should it be? You know, Joe Rogan goes four hours. Uh, Howard Stern, when he had his radio show, was a three hour, four hour radio show. So I think, it, it, and what I want to bring it back to as content creators, sometimes I feel pigeonholed in the sense that I've got to create something, even though I have all this footage and, and we've spent two days pre-production, scouting, and then editing and just working our asses off to create some great content. Uh, it's got to be 30 seconds. Aren't we restricted really by the platforms? I mean, when, when Vine was a mm -hmm. thing, six seconds, everything was six seconds. We found creatives to work on our stuff that would do it in six seconds. And now if, you're, if your audience or your brand is larger on Twitter than it is on YouTube, you are cut at a certain time limit. And I think that's maybe what's driving all of this. That's a great point. You know, and sometimes I feel very frustrated that we're in this, I mean, I, I'm not going to say predicament, but I, that we're in this situation where these platforms have grown so big and we need those platforms to succeed for our livelihoods <laughs> and for our company. So we got to play by their rules. Yet we don't know what the rules are. <laughs> they won't tell us what the algorithm is. They will give us data, but selected amount of data. So I do feel a little bit like, wow, we're chasing a cat that we can't see. You know what I mean? And it, it's constantly evolving and it does make it fun. And listen, I'm a consumer of it. So I'm not saying I'm not, this is not bashing on any of the platforms whatsoever. I love Twitter. I'm on Twitter all day long. And Instagram is great as well, but I just find it interesting is like, are we really getting the content that we, we love and, and, and want to consume or is it dictated to us? But yeah, you're exactly right, Keith. And, and I think it's a constant battle I have of trying to figure out like, well, of course the platform's telling us to do this else it won't work. But then, you know, I'm trying to cut a piece and I just got to put something flashy in the beginning to catch people's attention. And it's like three seconds I, I have in order to do so. And sometimes I, th I feel like a lot of our stories that we're trying to tell need a little bit of a build, need a little bit of context, need some extra information to make it really powerful. Audio is another one, right? Like, I mean, are people even listening to it? So then why are we having talent mic'd up? Let's just do subtitles on everything. So mm -hmm. um, it, it can be sort of conflicting, I guess, with what we want to do as content creators and if people are really consuming it the way we think they are. What are thoughts on this Jordan doc now that it's over? I was about let's to go, bring it up. Let's go backwards, right? So each episode was an hour, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, they um, did two episodes per week. So you had two hours straight of The Last Dance. Right. But each episode's an hour each. They came out from the beginning and said this is a 10-part series. Mm-hmm. Why 10? Why 10 hours? Now it's done and over with. Did they miss anything? Could it have been longer? Was it too long? Let's use that as an example because from the beginning they said this is a 10-part series, which I guess you think, shit, that's a long time. They're going they're going to get into some stuff here. But I don't know. Like, why Why 10? I don't know. I think it was so refreshing. I, I, like, I really enjoyed it. Uh, like, I feel like well, it was well, a perfect me, time to drop it. Let me hear why you think it's it. refreshing. I like the long-form content. I like telling the story. That was an amazing story. I mean, it was mm-hmm. the one of the most dynamic runs. Maybe it's not, like, the most dominant because it wasn't 11 like the Celtics, but one of the most dynamic runs in sports history. And I love seeing all the details and just like being able to really digest it. It was refreshing because everything else in sports now is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And, and I don't know, it was also obviously you're reminiscing on, on an awesome time uh, for, for a Knicks fan and for NBA fans in general. I feel like it also was the perfect time to have a 10 part series because NBA was, you know, as is suspended right now. So you need something that you can consume a long form narrative because because you're missing it so much for all those reasons i really enjoyed it yeah i mean i think they did a really good job i i think it it wasn't necessarily a journalistic documentary where you're going to get all the information we have to remember where it came from which was michael jordan and he had the footage and it was going to be told through his lens it was Mm -hmm. wildly entertaining and it was very fun to watch. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I'm a basketball head. That was, you know, right when I was growing up. Those moments were incredible to watch and look back on. But kind of circling back to what you said earlier about the platform, ESPN has 30 for 30s and they've created a documentary section of their content rollout. This lives in that. So there kind of is an expectation too, right? So if I go to Instagram, I'm expecting short form content. If I know I'm going to sit down on a Netflix or uh, watch an ESPN 30 for 30, there kind of is an expectation that it's going to be long form. I'm going to get a little bit more deeper dive into the content pieces and it will be a different viewing experience. And especially I'm going to watch it on TV, right? Like, or maybe my iPad, there's going to be a different way I consume it. I mean, just from a content perspective, the the last dance was incredible. I mean, the music selection, the filming of it, the way it, um, I like the way it started at two different timelines. Um, I love that. But yeah, I don't think that could could exist in a social media world because there's just too much that you need to get in. Now to Keith, your point, I have no fucking clue why it's 10 episodes. It's an arbitrary number. 10 usually sounds good. You couldn't have like what, eight? nine would seem weird (laughs) so i'm sure they landed on some you know number here and said like listen yeah 10 hours is a a ton of time to tell a documentary um but they had a lot of each one uh, told moments to cover yeah each one told a story so it was like they wanted to finish that story per per episode i mean then they kind of flowed into each other in a weird way even they were bouncing back and forth i don't know i just feel like they really told the story really well I think we're forgetting something, actually. Uh, YouTube is where this all started. And like my last place, uh, we created YouTube channels. Uh, Scratch was one of them, Kick TV. Uh, and that was all about, you know, five minute content pieces, creating shows, creating series that were that were um, around five minutes. And Scratch is doing well. I mean, really well. Uh, you know, the PGA bought them. You know, they're all about making funny content. That's, I think, five minutes to... Uh, you know, one minute and under, like, because yeah, they put it on social. But um, I think it really sparked from YouTube, actually, not uh, 
Instagram or Vine or any of these other ones. No, I'm with you. I mean, stay with that. It's YouTube. It's the vloggers. It's the reality shows. And then these platforms came out and maybe arbitrarily, in the case of Vine, you're definitely trying to stand out by saying, yo, our shit's going to be six seconds. But everything else is an arbitrary number. If you want to be on this platform, you got to conform to it. So it started with long form or at least episodic content. And it got very short given the platforms we have at our disposal these days. And I guess the fight for the content, right? Of how much is available too. Again, if there was only like people, 10 people on Twitter, (laughs) you would probably stay longer on each one of them. But if there's so much content to consume... Yeah, but like two minutes and 20 seconds for a Twitter video. What what the hell is that? Like, I don't understand it. What happened with music videos? Is is that a is that a length? People just don't want to watch them. They just want to hear the song. I mean, is that in any way correlated to this or that's a completely separate topic? I did my thesis talking about uh, actually long form versus short form. And, and we were t- I was talking about Spike Jones and all those guys that yeah. went from that started at those, you know, short form videos and then became music videos that were like telling stories and doing crazy you know, like the Daft Punk uh, videos. And um, the one that I, my favorite was the far side video where he recorded the whole thing backwards. So he had them memorize their lines, their raps backwards. And they said that they said the lines all the way backwards. So then he ran it forwards and they were able to like throw stuff in the air and it looked like it was dropping into their hands and like all this stuff. But Thriller started it, started the long form music video, Michael Jackson's Thriller. But that's, so that's interesting. So I remember, you know, the stories being told about that video and MTV. I don't know if it was MTV, but a lot of people, executives were saying, and this happens quite a bit, is that nobody's going to watch a video that's six minutes long, seven minutes long and, you know, tells a story. It's almost like a mini movie, you know, and then that changes it. So, yeah, maybe I'm thinking about it in the incorrect way. I I should be viewing it as maybe the content is dictating a little bit of the length of it. But I have a feeling that the algorithms for these platforms are are giving the people who are creating them a little bit of data and understanding of why, you know, it is a certain length of time. Yeah, but I think it is chasing your own tail, though, too, at the same time, because I feel like they're dictating it. Yes, they're getting these algorithms, but it's because they're dictating it. You know, it's because they 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 started to pick those numbers. I mean, I'm sure there's a specific reason why it's 220 or Instagram's one minute. They are creating those algorithms by their behavior and and leading leading basically the sheep in a certain direction. Spend more time on our platforms. That's what it's all about. But, you know, content is still king. If if the content sucks, it doesn't matter. If you look at anybody running anything short on Twitter and then, hey, for the long form, check us out on YouTube. I've never, not once have I done that. Mm-hmm. Have I been so intrigued? You did such a shitty job with your short form that I had no interest checking out your long form. I don't know why people continue to do that. Just release it on YouTube, make it fucking amazing, and people will seek it out. Maybe there's yeah. a lot of like trial and error. You know, I mean, Facebook Watch didn't really launch the way, and they had some big hitters with that. Tom versus Time, you know, the Tom Brady documentary, it was like, okay, eh. So I think you're right. I think that the the quality content will surface. And if you try to put out this fluff stuff and, you know, it's a little bit of a tangent off topic, but, you know, it worries me a little bit about now everybody's going to come out with a documentary. Everybody's going to want to do a 10 part series. You know, Dwayne Wade said he's going to do the redeem team story. I'm like, well, don't we have all the video from that and all the interviews? Like this was so compelling because this was footage that was never seen before. And this was Michael Jordan, who doesn't really talk about any of this stuff. Yeah. Since he played in the 90s. I mean, and he's the owner of an NBA team. He rarely talks. 
So it had a certain element to it where you were very intrigued, but well, you know, plus and- just hearing his story too. You know, I mean, like he, the way that he described all of this, the way he talked about Isaiah, though, you know, the way he talked about playing magic and bird and all that, like it wasn't, he never really talked about it in, in, in that during, during that time period. Um, while he did, we knew that he hated Isaiah. You could hear it in his voice. It was really interesting to hear that. And also releasing it right now when we're all hungry for basketball, it's a perfect storm, you know, and I, well, I don't know what the numbers up. are. Yeah, they moved it up. So they um, were going to release it during the finals and it yeah, got moved yeah. up and it got fast tracked. I don't even think they were done editing the thing. I'm sure. And they, they moved it up and now you're going to get a Lance Armstrong documentary that's coming out. You're going to get a documentary about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and those battles. So ESPN is is in a nice prime spot right now to, I don't want to say take advantage of, but certainly capitalize. capital. That's the word I was looking for. Capitalize, yeah, capitalize. on nostalgia and how everybody's feeling at this point in time. And it works, man. Like we all feel our age group, the three of us, that was the the time where basketball was sort of reaching its peak. Another, you know, medium and platform that I want to talk to you guys about is podcasting. And, you know, we told our story a little bit through the intro and, and on episode one, but, you know, we've talked about the podcast before and it's certainly has taken off. It's crazy. I mean, now you see with all the platforms and and just about anybody can do it, which makes it really cool. It is kind of that YouTube feel of like, hey, if I want to go upload a video right now, it's up on YouTube. It's up on Twitter. It's up on Instagram. And one of the guys who was you know, at the forefront of this, certainly not the first one, but Joe Rogan, who I'm a fan of you know, through his UFC commentating, mm-hmm. and then obviously his podcast has taken off to an incredible level, both the video version on YouTube and the podcast – and he signed a deal with Spotify. It sounds like the reported numbers are over $100 million for it. But now we're starting to see maybe a little bit of platform wars. There's exclusivity now to Spotify where Joe Rogan, you're only going to be able to watch his stuff and listen to his stuff on Spotify. They just got a humongous audience. Now they're going to pay for it. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how Apple, do they go after somebody else for an exclusive sort of rights? Uh, they've been pretty open to just having, you know, about anybody upload a podcast and, and it doesn't have to necessarily be exclusive to their platform. But yeah, this is this could be uh, kind of a game changer in that sense. Yeah, it's almost like satellite radio where where it was like radio is you could, you know, you could always hear radio now. Now you can only hear Stern on, um you know, on his channel and whatnot. I, I hate the whole ott wars i mean i again i was i was a part of it at my last place uh um we did you know streaming and we, we created streaming uh shows and stuff like that but i you you're all into it when there was just like netflix and prime or you know hulu just there's so many now you know and and it's gonna be, it's the same thing with podcasting there's so many different platforms and if it becomes like you can only hear this content here you can only hear this content here like it's like there's no place you're going to have to put all your money into all of these different um, streaming things. And I think <laughs> it was a like cable bundle. <laughs> yeah. It's going to go back I know. to that. It's going to go back to that. It's and it's, you know, I mean, that was the thing like cable, you could pick what you want. You can't do that now. You have to, you have to buy Disney plus, you have to buy uh Hulu. You have to, which is, I guess you can wrap that in, but um, Netflix prime, it's a mess. I feel like they thought streaming was going to make it easier for the consumer. I think it's making it harder. You got to really care about the content. I mean, I have daily discussions with my wife. She'll say, I just heard about the show. What's it on? It's on Hulu. We don't have Hulu. Not because it's astronomical, but I don't need another fucking thing in my life. And so you're having these conversations about like, do I really give a shit? And do I care enough 
to spend whatever it is, eight bucks a month, whatever it is. Do I care enough? I do. So I'm going to ask my friends if they have logins that I can use. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. if I really care about it, then I'm actually going <laughs> to plop down. But I tell you right. wh- how they get you. you know, I'm going to try this out for a month. I did that with Apple Music, you know, because oh, I yeah. would always download and then you never, stuff. Yeah. And then I just, I'm like, you know what? I, I like it too. I like having to be able to pull, and I don't use it a ton. I did when, you know, we had gym access, but yeah. it, it is funny, like <laughs> the levels to it. But yeah, you got to make some decisions. I'm ready. I'm ready to go back to cable. Honestly, I was so fired up to be done with them and be done with the cost. And now it's just so fragmented and YouTube TV looks great and Sling looks cool, but both of them miss something. It's... Yeah. It's so difficult. Apple TV well, has cool stuff. Do you feel it's good for the content creators, the individuals? I mean, Joe Rogan has talked about it on his podcast a lot that he started this thing because he saw Tom Green set up and he's like, I can do this shit in my basement. Like I can just set this up and go live. And so he went on live. You bring on comedians, you know, just to do stream of consciousness bits and talk. And he didn't get into it to make a hundred million dollars plus. No, you know, he didn't. Be certain yeah. grew, it was like, well, wow, we got something here. But he's always stayed true to the fact of like, you know, the advertisers aren't going to take control of it. There's going to be no um, overseeing of his podcast from the, you know, executives and the suits. Spotify's tried to buy his stuff for quite some time now, but I think he probably signed this deal that said, you know, what you can't mess with the podcast you can't mess with the video content i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say and you deal with it so is this a good time for content creators because now individuals can have the voice and it's heard now to the masses without necessarily signing with an nbc or one of these media conglomerates well 100%. i started doing a podcast to make a hundred million dollars <laughs> good luck sir you, you you probably should leave this one we have some news for you <laughs> we have some terrible news for you <laughs> All right, I'll, all take, right. I'll take I'll take a million. I'll take I'll take ten million, not a hundred. It's fine. Spotify, Good. if you're listening, you can you can walk from your contract and keep your microphone. He's a great negotiator, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, he's great. Yes, the answer to your question is yes. Um, I'll go back to TikTok. Where else, as a content creator, can you be a 16 year old girl, do your thing on TikTok, and end up in a Super Bowl that same year? It's like it's the it's the algorithms, but. You know, they're talking about compensating creators. Um, Vine 2.0 is going to compensate creators. I mean, Twitter's been messing with this whole, um, and they, they still might roll it out. I believe they're testing it. You can tip or give people money in exchange for their content on Twitter. So 100% ball is in the court of, of the content creator these days. I love it. I love that part of it because I, it yeah. does make me feel like, you know, it'll give people opportunities um, that might might have been silenced by executives who think that they know best. And sometimes the, the people who actually create the content actually know what they're doing. <laughs> and they shouldn't be handcuffed by people who are basically trying to replicate what they've seen before, you know? And I think you're, you're seeing this in sitcom TV. You're seeing this on, you know, the old school doesn't really work anymore. And when you want to see yeah. really quality content, you can kind of go to Netflix and say, wow, these dramas like Ozark is a legit, awesome drama and you know they bring it and it's at a high level and quality of content and i'm excited to see that and i think keith also not just the creators as brands and people who create the content to hire the influencer types the the content creators on that level just getting paid by the brands that's another avenue for them i think listen it it brings everybody up to the top It, it levels the playing field to a certain extent And I think that's exciting. So I do hope that the individual content creators get their shine. And uh, I look at Joe Rogan's deal as as signifying 
somewhat of a change in culture. Um, Howard Stern wasn't going to do it. You know, he, he did it in inching off of uh, terrestrial radio and then going to Sirius and getting that enormous amount of money to do that. But he wasn't going to do the podcast thing. And that and that's why I think Joe Rogan sort of changed the game. I, I don't know if you guys know Adam Curry. He's actually the original podcast godfather. Um, who yeah, was a VJ right. on MTV, and he was the one who started this whole thing. He was actually on Joe Rogan's. I highly recommend anybody out there to go listen to him because the way he kind of started this whole thing and his thought process behind it is just, it's really incredible. And it, and it does sort of inspire me to think about people who can just rise to the top with quality content and a real passion and dedication to it. So it's it's pretty cool. That's how I started my career. You've I was passionate about sports. I was doing stuff and uh, people like, you with the Knicks and ESPN and whatnot found me. Right. People that is kind of crazy, out. right? You, they, We found you. You know, it's not like you had an agent. It's not like you were out there, you know, trying to peddle this stuff. It's it's something that you surfaced to the top because you had quality content. And I and I do that all the time. And we, again, we have text exchange all the time. Look at what this guy's doing. Look what this guy's doing. Man, we, I'd love to work with this, you know, person. You know, this is some great graphic content. And I think, you know, those opportunities are out. And we're starting to see, you know, the freelance model. Those people really say, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing. I think for agencies, it's a good opportunity to source those talented human beings, especially in this time that we're in right now with the pandemic. But I, I think the corporate model and the way that it was structured before is is crumbling down as we see it. The networks and everybody had the distribution, had the advertising, had the rights, had the power. And that's all been commoditized now. The ease of getting into podcasting or the fact that you don't need crazy equipment to, you know, do video stuff. It's the playing field has gotten a lot more level and then distribution, not just for social, but other channels and, and ways of getting yourself out there. You, you don't need the, you know, the suits anymore, if you will. It's music, it's content. I mean, all these people can do this stuff on their own. And I'm, I'm loving the, uh, the personalities that have been exposed. I mean, there's three, basketball fans, we could have told you what putting Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson together would get you. (laughs) Great point. But look Um, at what's going on with them. I think there's a lot of that fan base had no idea if you put them together, this is what you would get. And it's real. You know, it's real kind of conversations that are taking. That's what I love about it. Those guys are the same Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson that you saw playing. And they do have a perspective that is unique. And it's not how can I put this filtered um, <laughs> as you would see on, you know, a big broadcast channel like ESPN, who's got to be a little bit careful. They're owned by Disney. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's a great point. And we've talked about that often too. It's, it's unique. It's good to hear unique voices. I hope they stay that way. I hope that it doesn't change. It doesn't get filtered. It doesn't get censored um, because, you know, there's certainly a way to deliver content. And I, I think the old school guard of it is, is quickly changing. That's a wrap for this week. Thanks for listening to the We Need to Be Doing That podcast. Visit we need to be doing that.com for more episodes and contact information. 